Welcome to Help from Future Self. Howdy, Archons. Welcome to another episode of Help from Future Self. It's that conversational Keyforge podcast by and for Keyforge friends. My name is Scuzzy Gruen. I am also called Alex, and I am joined by two very good Keyforge friends of mine. We've got SC Steele. Hello, hello. And Boulevard Blake. Yo, what's going on? Not too much, not too much. I'm excited for today's topic because it's a nice broad one and there is no roadmap for any conversation about this. If we're breaking down a house as the topic of an episode, well, you break down the cards in the house, the traits of the house, the way that that house plays in relation to certain sets or with other houses. But when you're talking about a topic like the one we're going to be talking about today, there's any number of different ways you can approach the conversation. And I love a freewheeling conversation, if you know me. So today we're going to be talking about the role of luck in Keyforge. Are you guys yeah, ready for have, this one? Oh, yeah. It's going to be great. We have uh, to give a shout out to uh, Proofpad, who suggested this in the Discord. And although you had a specific sort of avenue you went with it we're going to probably go and take the topic and expand a little bit from that point you made so uh thank you for giving this idea to the crew so let's let's start things off um i have a general question for you um i think it is a given that in any game that has any randomized element i.e everything other than like say chess or go um or variations thereon um there is an element of luck. There will always be an element of luck whenever there is randomness, whenever there is a deck that needs to be shuffled, a die that needs to be rolled, any other randomized element. But I wanted to ask both of you, do you think that Keyforge is a game that relies upon luck or that luck influences more or less than other comparable games? I think that's true in Sealed more than anything else. I think that, in, in my opinion, luck is so micro because you can you can manage so many aspects of your game and your deck. So luck is like your current hand or the next card you draw. I think luck is such a small scale that Keyforge really can work around the factor of luck in most situations. Mm -hmm. I also think that... There is a lot of probability in Keyforge that is not maybe considered as much as it could be by the average player. I know some people really go on it, but because it's a game where you're playing cards and drawing up your hand every time, you can kind of make decisions. Well, I've played this many of this one house, so the odds of me drawing this are far less. And then you can mm -hmm. have some sort of variance happen as a regard to that. So I think more so than other games where you're drawing one card a turn because you're you have the ability to draw in bulk you're actually now playing more with probability of drawing into a certain house and then if there's a card within the house and you haven't seen it you start breaking it down that way which can be done for those who are inclined to do so i kind of loosely do that just kind of give myself an idea like what are the chances sort of thing i think that the one of the things that sydney said kind of resonates with me um Obviously, you know, like I said, luck is a factor, but I, I was thinking about how as the game goes on and wears on, luck becomes less of a factor because if you know your deck well and you know what's been played, then the ability to figure out what's still coming comes up a lot more. Now, of course, there's still sort of like the, the idea of it, does what your deck contains have the solution for the 
problem that is being posed by your opponent at any given moment. But at the very least, like you said, Blake, the probabilities are a lot easier as the game wears on to actually mm-hmm. manage. So like Sydney said, your first hand, yeah, absolutely. You know, whether or not you get a good starting hand is luck. But even like the the, the system of uh, mulligans really does mitigate that to a certain degree. Of course, we've all mulliganed into much worse hands somehow. But you know, <laughs> it's still one of those things that I think about all the time in terms of like, once I'm halfway through my deck, I should have a pretty good idea of what's still coming. And I should also at that point have a pretty good idea of what my opponent is doing. And, you know, it, it's one of those things where that's the moment where I should be able to formulate a strategy based on what I have. And yeah, luck is obviously still a factor. What order will I draw my remaining cards in? But with each passing hand and each passing turn, that becomes less and less of the factor. And it becomes more and more of the, do I understand what's going on in the game? And do I know how to play it in such a way that I might still be able to pull out this win if I'm doing badly or maintain my lead if I'm doing well? I think there's also the factor when you actually shuffle your deck there's a huge luck factor that exists in that very moment when you go and flip your your discard over and reshuffle it and if you can get back like a really bomb card that you Mm -hmm. just played last turn like it's wild like i've had it happen before where i literally play a miasma to stop someone happened last night actually and then i flip my deck over and then i drew the miasma again there was only one in the deck and it was like on key three Like that is like a huge luck factor in that moment. So I'll give you that, but there's also ways to manipulate that kind of thing that really makes me feel like it's it's definitely luck, but it's on such a small scale because it matters how many cards were in your draw pile. If you had a lot of artifacts out, if you had a lot of uh, creatures on the board, if there were a lot of things you did to thin your draw your discard pile so that when you shuffled it, it was a smaller draw pile, you actually had a direct impact on your luck of drawing that miasma. Mm, yeah. Indeed. So, I mean, if we guess we're approaching it from the perspective of how luck functions in the game, we've talked about ways that you can mitigate luck, but also, like, luck is always a factor, and that's a thing that I really like about the game. Um, I enjoy playing, like, a little sort of very amateur-level chess um, just because I sort of like the idea of playing a game in which luck is not a factor, where it is purely just about your ability to analyze what's going on in the game, but I'm also not good at it. And so... Luck in many ways acts as an equalizer within a game like Keyforge, and that's a positive thing to me, because I like the idea that on any given day, the best deck in the world might get taken down by a deck that is technically much, much worse, purely on the basis of the fact that there was luck involved. I know some people are totally bothered by that idea. Like, the idea should be that you win because you were the better player with the better deck, and, you know, luck shouldn't enter into that factor. But I've never really bought that argument, because once we get into that, well, then it becomes, the games become foregone conclusion. Blake is a better player than me, so if I he has a better deck than the one that I have then the outcome of the game is a given. I like the fact that that luck acts as an equalizer or at the very least a randomizer so that there's a possibility that no matter what happens, no matter how good Blake is as a player, no matter how good his deck is, I might still have the opportunity to win and beat him and that makes the game worth playing to me. That's a good point. Luck outside of the game also has a huge influence on the game itself. So like your matchup or the deck you get in sealed. Those kinds of things really do affect... Yeah. 
It's it's such a it's such a good point. That's what I was thinking about when we were going to talk about luck. I was like, there's luck that has nothing to do with your deck at all. It's like you could literally have the luck where you just got matched up with a deck that actually counters your deck because it has like three or four cards that are like perfect stops to what your deck wants to do. And vice versa, your deck could have all the answers to your opponents in any given match. And then you go to the next opponent and it's a completely different story. And and that level of variance, and we'll call it luck even, in matching up with other people is is also a huge thing. So it's it's kind of wild to to get to experience it on that level because that means at any given time the luck of the draw not drawing cards but the luck of the draw of your opponent could be the difference maker in a match i also think luck luck is a bit contextual as well because if you're winning a game and you draw a really good combo or maybe to to pull something off you need the next card to be x but you're already winning is that is that really luck or, or if you're losing and things just aren't going your way and you you see that the, the end of the game is nigh and you're never going to pull anything off and you just keep getting bad hands, is that still bad luck? Even though it really wouldn't have mattered if you drew your best cards, you weren't going to turn the game around. I think luck only comes in a narrow portion of the game when, when the actual like game is on the line. As a counter to that, I think at the start of the game, though, you can have a luck situation which sets you up like for example if you're going second and you happen to have four cards of one house you play those cards and then when you draw up you draw another three that means you almost got two-thirds of one house in the first two turns which is like technically that shouldn't happen like that that has that luck factor and i've literally played against people where that happened i just so happened <laughs> i i drew a bunch of the card and it goes and they get all salty about the fact like tco is rigged or something like that it's oh, like no, i remember it's just, this story <laughs> yeah it just it just got luck that i drew that way it's not like it happened every single game so it's uh it's kind of funny when that happens like when there's luck factors it's funny how people can't say like oh that was just a lucky draw because it yeah. is a lucky draw they have to say like tco did this like it's mm-hmm. really funny to me it's much funnier well i mean I, I i can sort of see it from the perspective of if you play a bunch of games in a row where it seems like tco is against you which is like a ridiculous premise let's let's face it i can see getting like that in your head and getting salty about it but literally i've had people quit games when i had a good first hand like you know yeah. i'm playing first uh, or I'm playing second rather, and I get to play all six cards in my hand because I just, by absolute coincidence, of course, naturally, managed to pull six cards of the opening house, and the person just quits right. immediately because, like, well, not coming back from that. And I'm like, come on now, yeah, you know it's that true. that's that is one of those factors where you kind of have to accept the fact that the the you know the heart of the cards is occasionally going to really go in somebody's favor that should be something that you account for in your gameplay and if you're looking for just random games of keyforge against people but don't want to play if things don't immediately seem like an even matchup then you're going to have a bad time kind of from the jump and it also doesn't prepare you for when you're playing in real life and that happens mm. you're just going to yep. be like like totally thrown off because you've never gone against that in fact your mindset will put you in a position where you're probably already lost because you feel you've already lost. That's another thing. Going on tilt is something that can make you think your luck is affected. Like if, if you have a really bad game and then you you go forward with the mindset that things are, are like going against you, it's it's really hard to see things outside of the the lens of bad luck. And so you you just have to like, st- like stand up, stretch, 
get over it in your head so that you can go back to a mindset that doesn't have you just blaming everything on luck. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, we've already talked a little bit about ways that you can mitigate the way that luck affects your game to a certain degree. You're never going to completely get rid of it, right? Like it's, it's always there, but if you can't see that and it's always luck's fault that you lost, then you're not playing the game very well. You're not looking at, you know, the, the, the chances are that, you know, and I've seen people make that argument before too, where it's just like, Oh, every time I play this deck, I have the worst luck. And I'm like, well, let's let's leave aside the perhaps insulting insinuation that you're not very good <laughs> at playing it and let's talk about whether or not this deck that you are convinced is good maybe isn't good or there's some factor with it that isn't actually like maybe it has a lot of great cards but they don't synergize very well or maybe it's got a high mm-hmm. SAS and that's what you're going on in terms of it being a good deck but it's you know in actual practice it just plays too slow or it doesn't have enough of a you know some factor that you know allows it to to really pull ahead and we've all owned decks like that we've all been frustrated yep. by decks that mm-hmm. seem so good when you look at them and then they reveal themselves to be mediocre or average so i think you raise a really excellent point do not assign to luck which could possibly be like another factor maybe it's a problem with your play style maybe it's a problem with the deck maybe it's some other factor that you aren't taking into consideration and if you are aren't considering those other possibilities and always chalking it up to luck then you aren't learning anything and you aren't becoming a better player do you totally think speed true. of a deck and luck are correlated? Like, do you think decks that are faster are much more likely to get what they need so you feel like you're having better luck? Logos I mean, decks, for sure. I, mm-hmm. I truly feel like Logos decks have that. So it's not luck. Logos decks just give you the mm-hmm. opportunity to get what you need faster so it can feel like luck. And oddly enough, the the time that guy on TCO was like, oh, you have like whatever it happened to be that way like it was a logos deck so that's just the way it works and my opponent in triad this week um the first game i lost he got an amazing start to the game with logos so if you start a game off really strong with logos it's going to give you the tools to seem like you have luck on your side but really it is you have the odds on your side because of the nature of how logos plays i mean uh, that also raises an interesting thing which is do not assign consistency to luck um, Mm -hmm. in a deck. Totally. Um, You know, if we look at some of the great Genka decks, for example, that one that has, you know, uh, I don't even know how many chains it has now, but that famous (laughs) one that had, uh, that had a double, double Genka. It's 24, I think. 25 chains or something insane like that. The reason that it got to that point is not because that player was always lucky. It's because that deck was incredibly consistent. How -hmm. consistent would it have to be to be able to be at, you know, 15, 18, 20 chains and still racking up wins to get more chains? It would have to be incredibly consistent. That can't all be assigned to luck. And I think it's really important when you're playing against an opponent who seems like they're getting, you know, some really great hands or they're getting off all these combos or all these great things are happening for them. If you just say luck, you're not looking for the ways that you can disrupt them. You're not looking for ways that you can stop them from doing the thing that they're doing to you. You're just shrugging your shoulders and saying, well, fate of the cards, I was always destined to lose. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I think some people, they they see another deck playing well and they don't realize that that is how that deck is built to play and that that mm-hmm. is the strategy that the opponent is using to actually win the game. And if you, if you don't think 
and try and utilize whatever you have at your disposal to try and disrupt what they're doing, they're going to keep having that exact same luck. Yeah, it's true. It's very true. And I think that also luck becomes less of a factor in the way we're discussing it when you've played a deck a lot because Mm. you know exactly how things go and when you get things in a certain way what your options are and how to move forward and so i mean as as the saying goes luck favors the prepared right so it's that sort of concept you're prepared because you've played your deck a lot so therefore it may come across like you're lucky but it's really you're just prepared on how to play this in all the eventual outcomes of combinations of cards yeah you can you can make when you're playing against somebody who truly knows their deck well oftentimes what looks like just these incredible how is it possible that they're getting all these plays it's because they knew how to play the deck to make those things happen you know they knew when to hold back they knew when to you know dump a hand they knew when to uh, engage on the board rather than play cards they knew all kinds of different ways because the the number of times you've played that deck teaches you something and this is where we get back to that point right off the top of just like yeah keyforge has an element of luck but the more you play and the better you know your decks and the more you play the game and the better you know the game the less luck is a factor and that's just a given do you guys think that there's more luck involved when, you know, when people are playing solitaire games of Keyforge, like my whole deck is made to interact with my deck to get keys as fast as possible versus when my strategy is a heavy board to um, try and reap so that you can affect my board or uh, disruption with a lot of dis in it. Do you think that luck has a, a bigger factor on solitaire games versus interactive games? That's really interesting, Sydney. So... <laughs> What I think in my response to that is going to be when you have a deck where you're intentionally holding cards, so you're not cycling, I think luck is less of a factor in that point because that means you're intentionally not doing the most efficient thing because you know that holding this is the right move for an answer to a problem within your opponent's deck. Now, if you're literally just playing cards and drawing and it's going like, boo, 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 and you're just like laying out on the board all this stuff like one hand turn after the other and you're never calling the same house twice and you're just like vomiting your hands like i feel like there there might be a luck factor on that and i feel like coda almost played in a luck format yes. to a degree because if you think about things like like let's call untamed okay as the one untamed and logos i feel are like the big culprits for luck because when you're trying to play a library access turn you're like you're like okay i'm gonna hold off calling logos just in case i draw the library access this next hand and then suddenly i have a five card logos hand you know things like that are untamed with hunting which you're like oh i got my key chart so i'm gonna see how long i can wait and maybe i'll get my ducks pixie here and i'll be off to the races and get that key like those moments when the odds of you drawing like one or two more cards are so low i think those are more interesting like the luck factor really comes into play Yeah, I mean, uh, I also think that there's the interesting luck factor of just, like, did you happen to pull, like, is your deck, like, the answer to your opponent's deck? That's an interesting meta level of luck that I'm super interested in. Um, I'm playing a Quixel deck, and my opponent brings a deck that just happens to have a ton of artifact control. Maybe that's luck. Maybe they knew I was planning to bring a Quixel deck and actually pulled out the deck that would have that because they know me as a player. 
not luck. But there's also, you know, when you're in a sealed game or when you're playing against a random opponent who doesn't know you, doesn't know you're stable, stuff like that. Uh, you know, those those are the kinds of like interesting lucky occurrences that I think are really interesting to me because they're just they occur at a meta level, right? And that's sort of one of the factors that I think makes Keyforge interesting and plays into my on a given day a better player can lose to a worse player purely by nature of factors that are perhaps beyond their knowledge. And that sort of factors into an idea of luck in a broad concept way. Yeah, I really like talking with somebody after a game when they've pulled off a really cool combo to win the game. I, some, for some reason, I'm super, super curious and have to ask, like, did you have that set up or is that something where your most recent hand like allowed you to do that? Like, was it luck or not, basically? Mm. Yeah. Sydney needs to know that that she, she, they got lucky they didn't exactly. win out of skill it has she has to know this was pure yeah, luck it's I more satisfying <laughs> if they've been like holding the right cards for two turns and, I, and they were yeah. always gonna get me no i i get that okay so now i have a question for you guys there was mm-hmm. um ketzer in the in the discord had was talking about We've been talking about luck, but what about rituals that you maybe do to, to give yourself more luck? Do any of you have those? I do actually. Um, and it's less of a ritual than it is just something I always do. If we're doing flip a key to see who goes first, I always pick unforged. Um, initially, nice. I think I just did it out of out of a, out of habit, but now it's a thing where like I can't bring myself to call it anything else partially just for that general like because i feel like if i lost the game then i would feel like it's because i didn't do the thing that i always do so i guess it does kind of like act sort of in a tradition or a luck-based tradition but i think it's also just that thing of just like i don't ever want to have that doubt in my mind if i win or lose it's not because you know it's it's because of all those other factors not because i accidentally this one time said un or forged instead of unforged so yeah i totally (laughs) I Sydney, guess I, I always flip the yellow key first. I don't know if that's like a luck ritual or not, I, more m- like a habit. I don't know. I feel like I, I have to do the yellow one for, and it has nothing to do with the red baron. I really just like the yellow one. Once I flip that first, I know like I get the momentum going and I, and I feel, <laughs> I feel the, the rush. And so I guess it's, it's, yeah, it's more like a ritual than like a, a luck thing. For me, it's uh, deck cutting at the beginning. I like to cut the deck a specific way. I will not share it in case people try and game me in some way, but if you've played against me, you pretty much know the way I do it. So yeah, that's, that's kind of my luck thing. Um, I sometimes have weird luck things with like, and this is like completely outside the realm of like Keyforge. Like I'll wear one of my like bead bracelets. I'll be like, okay, this one feels lucky today. So I'm wearing that one. Like I have a weird superstition (laughs) with that, like has nothing to do with Keyforge. I sort of do that with wristwatches sometimes. I have I have like a wristwatch that I'll put on specifically if we're going to like a big uh, a big tournament. That's that's like a, a good luck talisman. Totally. Like along the same lines, like I have such an adrenaline rush before like a, a bigger ish event where there's like going to be a lot of people I know or just a lot of people in general. So like to calm my nerves or not even calm my nerves, but like distract my brain. I like go around and say hi to literally everyone I know. And so like the excitement kind of like it, it calms to a, a buzz so that I can, I can just, you know, calm my nerves to play the game. So I guess that's, that's my before, before games ritual is to just like say hello to everyone that I know so that I like check them off my list and make sure that, um, that they've, they've, they know I'm here. 
<laughs> Fear me, I'm here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's also just a friendly practice. Makes everybody feel yeah. welcome. I've loved this conversation. Um, I, I knew going into it that I was get, had some things that I wanted to talk about, but you guys both brought up some really excellent, interesting like branches of that luck conversation. And so I, I think we covered some ground, but obviously if you have some thoughts on that listener, uh, hit us up on Twitter. We would love to hear your thoughts or hit us up on discord. Um, can't end an episode of help from future self without the titular segment. This one's called help, help from, future, from self. future self. Blake, you got one for us this week. I do indeed. So I played my triad match for the ABR league this past week and I lost my first game. And uh, my opponent straight up said to me, wow, that was like a really good start. Like I got really lucky with the cards I drew, which is kind of convenient for for this. And it was, it was great. I love seeing what he played. It's what I expect to see from the house that he had. And I lost like not even close. Like it was just a trouncing. I was like my deck, I didn't see anything that my deck wanted to do. And I freaked out. Like I was like, I went into panic mode right away. Meanwhile, not remembering that the key to triad is not that you lose your first deck. It's that you know you can beat both of your opponent's decks with both of your decks. So it doesn't matter if they win with one. As long as you can beat the other, you're A-OK. So you're only as strong as your weakest deck. And uh, there's different theories around that. And I just had to check myself on that. And I was like, you know what? I know I can beat this other deck. I feel good. And I proceeded to calm myself and carry out my strategy the way I knew I could. And it worked out well and ended up pulling it off in the end. I just want to give a shout out to Krill. It was fantastic games. They were like truly like on the edge of my seat, like sweating, uh, just just trying to like figure out if I can pull <laughs> this off at the end. But they were really great games. And it just gave me that moment to like sometimes when you're best of three matches, you can freak out when you get off to a bad start. But it is best of three, so you got to remember you still have two more chances potentially to make something happen. And especially in triad, it's such an interesting format. It's why it's my favorite because it's not about how strong your one deck is. It's about how strong the decks you have left are at taking out your opponents. Totally. Just like the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy all taught us, don't panic. <laughs> <laughs> You can find us on Twitter at HFFS Podcast. You can find me on The Crucible and occasionally on Twitter and Instagram. Not so much right now, but hoping to get back to those at some point in the foreseeable future. At Scuzzy Gruen, Sydney, where can they find you? I am, as always, SC Steel on TCO and Discord. And Blake, where can they find you and what have you got going on? You can find me on my Twitter at Boulevard Blake, that's B-L-V-D Blake. And then, of course, on my YouTube. And uh, I'm going to have some holiday Keyforge bundles coming at you very soon. Wow. More details to come. You can hear that first on my YouTube. So be sure to tune into those because I'm going to be announcing something on those and what's available very, very soon. Yay. Super exciting stuff. Let's get back together next week and record yet another episode. Until then... Stay fortunate.